0: Welcome to 50 and 50, episode 38. Today we're talking about story 51 from the classic Doctor Who series, namely Spearhead from Space. It's a four-parter that aired from January 3rd to the 24th in the year 1970, and it opened up Season 7. It also introduced John Pertwee as the Doctor, and Caroline John as Liz Shaw, and reintroduced the Brigadier, Alistair Gordon Luthbridge-Stewart, as the head of unit and an Earth liaison for the Doctor. This also launched the exile period, when the Doctor was exiled to 20th century Earth with no knowledge of how to make the TARDIS work in terms of time travel. Even when he attempts it to escape in this episode to confirm that he really is trapped in this time, he basically burns something out and we get a lot of billowing smoke. This period lasted for several years. This also afforded them a different way to shoot it. Not only was it the first one in color and the first story shot entirely on film, instead of having at least part of it on video, if not all of it, this was the first story shot entirely on location. So rather than building a bunch of sets, which they actually could not do because of union strikes and whatnot, they only used existing locations, and just brought the crew to them and worked there. So the basic plot is that plastic meteors have been crashing to Earth when the Doctor arrives at the same time with the partial amnesia that's been induced by the Time Lords at the end of War Games. We've got some pretty fun scenes as he's discovering his new face and talking about how flexible it is, and that he'd fit in fine on that planet where they communicate entirely by moving their eyebrows. He's strapped to a wheelchair with his mouth taped shut. We find out for the first time that the Doctor has two hearts, When he's in a hospital bed and they're checking his blood work and it doesn't match any human blood type, they double check the x-rays. It makes sense that they're confused, but they do figure it out very quickly, especially compared to some of the other experts we're going to hear about later on in this series. We also get another big change in the doctor's personality. Pertwee is... A little more relaxed, but he's still a classic gentleman, both in the attire he chooses to wear, which he's raided from actually the same hospital that Matt Smith's doctor later raids in the 11th hour, which a lot of the Relaunch fans may have already seen, But he is a classic gentleman, which is one of the issues I have with this, is that John Pertwee himself has a tattoo that shows, and that seems out of place for his doctor to me. One of the other big changes we get is that he is a lot more subtle. He can be direct when necessary, but he's not as in-your-face as the previous two incarnations of the doctor were. Basic plot, as we started talking about before, is that the doctors crash land at the same time as a bunch of plastic meteors. These meteors have been cracking open. There's about 50 of them. They are actually members of the nesting consciousness. So, individually, they are autons. Together, they form the nesting consciousness, which is a plastic or energy-based life form that is conquering world after world. And all of their plan is to build new autons that are not part of the nesting consciousness, but new automatons that are exact duplicates of various world, political, and military leaders. And they take the place of the originals by surrounding the originals in plastic, knocking them out, and they're just basically being stored in a museum. And the Doctor is brought in with Unit to figure out what's going on, track these guys down, with some help from a tip from a man who used to work in a plastics factory that has been taken over by these guys. So the Autons here actually have some limited mind control abilities. It seems to take a fair amount of concentration to control one mind, but it can be done. It's also nice to see a different take in the companions here. It takes a bit of convincing to really get Liz Shaw to believe that the Doctor is an alien who travels around in a time machine that looks exactly like a police call box. But they do get the point through to her, and she and the doctor do start working together in the long term. She's just skeptical about the extreme explanations without some evidence as soon as they can give evidence other than, well, no, I've met him before and that's what it is then she comes around. So we don't see a lot of her interactions with the Doctor, although we do see some. It'll be interesting to see how the rest of this season plays out, because I do know that Liz Shaw was only a companion for one season or four stories. So we'll be talking about some of those stories in more general terms. They don't get individual podcasts. So generally speaking, this is one of the more enjoyable stories. It's also a very good jumping on point. If you want to check out the Pertwee era, it's fairly representative. This is one of the ones I have seen a couple of times now because I have had it for a while and watched it before the idea of these podcasts came to me. So it does hold up fairly well on rewatching. is enjoyable. It's one that's, again, easy to recommend to people trying to get into the classic series based on the new. The only thing that might get in the way is that the visual effects for the final confrontation are fairly cheap and not particularly convincing. But if you can make it through those two minutes or so with a little bit of suspension and disbelief, you'll be fine for the rest. And that's about all we have to say about Spearhead from Space. Join us again tomorrow as we discuss The Three Doctors. Thank you for listening.